Hello, everybody. You listen to J Movie Talk, episode 301, as I'll be talking the movie mid-90s. You think you're pretty cool. You good? You gotta ask friends. You're just a little kid. You alright? A lot of the time, we feel like our lives are the worst. But I think if you looked in anybody else's closet, you wouldn't trade your shit for their shit. So let's go. That's why we ride a piece of wood, what that does to somebody's spirit. Yo, Stevie is saying. It was going on, everybody. I am back, uh, kicking off the month of December with my Troubled Youth Month. Um, and for this month, I'm doing folk. For this episode, excuse me. For this episode, I'll be doing the movie Mid 90s, um, which was written and directed by one Mr. Jonah Hill. And I'm only going to refer to him as the writer and director for this movie. This was a first time watch for me. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's been a movie that's been on my radar for a minute. I kind of wanted to check it out. Um, and I was like, well, why not do it for, you know, Troubled Youth Month um, and everything, right? So, um, with this being Jonah Hill's directorial debut, um, I thought it was very interesting with some of the um, directing style that he, the directing choices, I should say, that he made with this movie um, and everything. And interesting enough, it does feel like a movie that, could have been actually shot in the freaking 90s um if you didn't know any better um so i do give him credit for that uh the movie mainly stars a bunch of young unknowns um there are a few known actors and actresses that do pop up in this but for the most part the main cast are relatively unknowns um you do have uh katherine waterston who plays uh the mother in the film um, as well as Luke, Lucas Hedges as the older brother, um, Sonny Seljic as Stevie, a.k.a. Sunburn. Um, and then the rest of the cast pretty much are relatively unknowns. And also, this is a role that uh, this is a movie that Alexa Demi, who's probably most famous for her performance in Euphoria, which is another se- a show that I've never watched. And also it deals with troubled youth. I do know that um, she has a, a small role in this as well. Um, so that's pretty much the cast. I'm not, like I said, I wasn't going to go through it too much um, and everything like that. Uh, so getting into talking about this movie. So the movie pretty much kicks off with little stevie getting chased and beat up by his older brother and right from that he's like yeah this is this is gonna be a little rough with, with some stuff if that's 
if that's what we're starting off where Stevie's getting chased and beat down by his brothers, like yeah, it's gonna we're gonna be in for for some stuff with this movie. So it seems like Stevie, I should say, at least in the beginning of the movie, it, it feels like Stevie wants to be closer to his older brother and. Thinking about myself as far as being a younger brother who had an older brother, who has an older brother, I should say. Um, but when I was a kid, and you know, you want to, you kind of want to emulate or you know, be around your older brother, you know, and everything. And watching Stevie, how his brother it seems like he hates him for, for whatever reason. Um, he hates him, and he tells him to stay the hell out of his room, right? But when uh the older brother ian when he leaves first thing stevie does is goes into his brother's room and he's looking around and you see looking at all his posters looking at his fitted hats looking at his clothes in his closet looking through his uh tape um collection because cds hasn't really become a thing because the movie takes place in 1996 so cds hasn't really really become a huge thing we're still dealing with cassette tapes for the most part um and just seeing how like Stevie looks up to his brother and actually wants to be close to his brother. But for whatever reason, the older brother, instead of being like a big brother to him, he's more like, I hate you. So I'm gonna beat the shit out of you every chance I get, which is just like insane. Um, So we get um, a scene where is uh, Stevie ian and the mother they out for uh ian's 18th birthday part uh birthday and she's rambling on about some dude that she met and she don't know if she really want to commit to him because he seems like a player and this type of thing and they sitting there like what the hell are you talking about um so to kind of ease the tension a little bit stevie he gives ian this um a gift which is actually a cd um of a group and he's like I, I don't think you have this one and everything and stevie and ian opens it he just looks at it, but he doesn't say anything he just slits it down on the table and like yeah whatever you know type of thing and it's like good grief it's like doesn't even appreciate what his brother does for him it's like well why do you hate him so much um and everything so as the movie kind of goes along we see where stevie he kind of you know he's trying to it's like he's trying to fit in somewhere he, clearly he can't fit in with his brother so he looks for outside you know i guess acceptance or whatever and that's when he comes across the uh skate teams um and everything and because his home life is pretty much in shambles anyway i mean his mother doesn't pay attention to him his brother like say abuses him so it's like well to get away from that let me let me link up with these these skater kids or whatever and he doesn't know how to skate but what he does he ends up getting with ian and is like look i know you got a skateboard i'll trade you the skateboard for you know for whatever you want and first ian was like man give me that give me that tape player he's like no you, you look he's like no you, you can take anything you want but not this tape player so he trade him some cd some tapes and everything and he gets a skateboard and that's when he goes and he starts like literally just hanging around, not really saying too much to the kids or anything, but he just kind of just lingering around. But he ends up uh, striking up a conversation with uh, the youngest of the group, Ruben, who seems to be closer in age to him. 
because um, the rest of the group is a lot older, but Ruben is a little bit closer in age to what Stevie is, but he's older than Stevie. And one thing, what's funny about these kids is like, I, I kind of just watching like this movie and seeing how these characters operate to a degree because of the fact they also, they, they work in this skate shop. Never know who exactly owns the shop. Cause clearly it's not them. I kind of got a feeling of who might owns it based off of one character's uh, mention of their them somewhat being privileged and they just do this for fun so i kind of got a thing but it's never fully explained if one of their parents actually owns it and this is where they just allowed to just go and just hang out and you know do whatever but it kind of puts me in the mind of lords of dogtown which dealt with more troubled youth which I actually covered that movie uh, for the first Troubled Youth uh, Month that I ever did on the podcast uh, a few years ago. Um, but it always feels like this could almost exist in the somewhat the same universe. And who's to say that if everything was cool with them, that when they got older, that they could have had these kids as their kids to some in some weird way. Right. That's kind of the conne- kind of the connection, fantasy connection I kind of made up in my head. Right. Um, because there are somewhat similarities between some of these characters and some of the characters from Lords of Dogtown, even though that movie is based on slash inspired by, you know, a true story, um, and everything. So Stevie wants to fit in with these kids so bad that Ru- uh, Ruben is like, he would give him his board for his skateboard for $40. Cause he's saving up to get a brand new one and everything. And Steve is like, all right, cool. Just trying to fit in and everything. So he goes to Ian about getting the money. And what does Ian do? Ian takes him into their mother room, shows him where she has $80 in her, her dresser drawer. And Steve is like, I don't want to do this. And it's funny how Ian plays. He's like, look, you came to me. You wanted my help. Here is the help that I'm trying to provide for you. Now, if you do not want to accept my help, that's on you. And everything. So at first he was like, he don't want to do it. And Ian's about to leave. And he's like, all right, all right, cool. Good, fine, fine. We'll do it. So they take the 80 bucks and they split it. So Stevie gets 40. Ian gets 40. And they pretty much, you know, just steal money from their mother's dresser drawer and everything. Right. So Ian, uh, Stevie, he goes and, you know, gives Ruben the money. He gets the board from him and everything. He just, you know just doing what he can just to kind of be around these kids. He just feel like, and it, and what's weird about it is that they actually are allowing him to hang around. They're not, you know, like, Hey, get out of here, kid or anything like that. They allow him to hang around and he's, he's trying his best to, you know, skate and everything. You see him trying to learn how to skate and just the conversations that these kids have is like, is this the kind of conversation I was having? When I was a kid, even though in 1996, I was just 10 years old. So I'm in, in the movie verse, I'm actually three years younger than what Stevie is. Um, but it's like, these are the kind of conversations that I was having when I was a you know middle schooler or, or when I was a teenager, because some of the stuff that they talking about, it's like, what the hell are y'all talking about? I don't know. Maybe because I'm watching it as an adult and everything and thinking back to like the stuff that me and my friends would talk about. Um, and stuff like that it's like 
ain't no it ain't no way that this is what we we talked about but then again it probably was we probably talked about some of the same stuff and even had some of the same you know ridiculous points of views on stuff as kids because when you're a kid you really don't know and even when you're an adult you don't know but your experience i feel like it allows you to be a little bit well it should allow you to be a little bit more advanced than what these kids are um and everything so thinking about the stevie character and just watching because you're seeing a lot of the movie through him anyway um it's rare that any of the scenes don't involve him um so basically you kind of seeing the world and everything through him, even though you are interacting with other characters, but Stevie has a lot of issues is never mentioned who his dad is or anything like that. Or if him and Ian even have the same dad, because apparently back in the day, um, their mother, she was somewhat of a, of a floozy basically. Um, so I always kind of, I kind of get the impression that, you know, Ian's dad is probably who the mother was with. But then after things fell apart with him, she kind of went into her whole phase, basically. And who knows who the hell Stevie dad is? That's kind of how it's implied in a way um, and everything. But we don't get full confirmation on that just from certain stuff we get through dialogue with certain characters um but stevie has a lot of issues and one of the issues that he has is that he he you know he's self he's self um abused he doesn't cut at least we don't see him cut himself but he does there's a scene where he try to auto asphyxiate with a freaking um nintendo controller um because of something that happens uh we see him after taking the money from their mother's dresser drawer uh he takes her brush and he violently rubs it across his thigh and everything so he self-abuses him and everything and it, because it's like he's dealing with a lot and the fact also too that ian beats him up a few times in the movie and everything so he he has a lot of trauma that he's dealing with and we one of the things i kind of don't like about the movie is the fact that it doesn't dive too much into his trauma but at the same time i kind of understand why it don't because it does kind of keep pushing forward we spend time with with steve you spend time with the rest of his friend group we spend a little bit time with the family which i think they kind of should have spent a little bit time more time with the family um and everything but we pretty much as the viewer you get a gist of like yeah stevie got some issues he's going through a lot so stevie finally gets accepted you know as being a part of the friend group and he even gets a freaking nickname they call him sunburn because of a conversation that they're they were having and in his youthful gleefulness in a way he says something ridiculous and that's how he ends up with the nickname sunburn and also too through this is where we start to kind of see where him and ruben start to have friction because 
Ruben is the well, he was the younger of the group until Stevie come along and they seem to accept Stevie a little bit more than what they do with Ruben and Ruben kind of sits on the sidelines literally and he starts hating on Stevie and they make sure that you see it too so you know you get a sense of like okay it's not a matter of if but when exactly is there going to be a blow up between these two so the friend group consists of who who I feel are like the two alphas of the group which is Ray and fuck shit he doesn't even have a real name he just goes by fuck shit because it, a lot of what he says is fuck shit right and and so those two are like your two alphas of the group and then you have fourth grade who is basically their friend who videos who's videotaping them because ray and ray and fuck shit are basically like the two advanced skaters of the group they feel like you know they want to get on and you know and actually start traveling and you know being able to travel and skate around the you know the country or even travel around the world and doing this because by 1996 the x games have become a thing tony hawk is a huge thing so you had that whole skate culture you know thing and a lot of kids were you know coming up off of that and everything and also to you know hip-hop rap you know is a huge thing so all that kind of combined you know so that was like the dream for them and like i say they are basically like the two leaders of the group but as the movie progresses along you do start to see that ray and fuck shit they are drifting in two different directions and similar to ruben and stevie it's not a matter of if but when they would have their clash and, you know, kind of, um, you know, have their big blow up and everything. So one day while they're, they're skating, because they're on top of the school roof and everything, and they're jumping across like a little uh, median. That's like a like a gap that's in between two buildings It's it's big enough to jump. But it's like if you if you don't if you don't time it right, yeah, you're going to crash and burn real bad right so um ray of course he goes and jumps it fuck shit of course he goes and jumps it reuben he's about to do it but he chickens out right before he's about to jump and stevie you know just being the you know happy-go-lucky kid just happy to be a part of the group happy to be here right he goes and is not going fast enough tries to make the jump and he falls and he smacks. Luckily, there was there was a table um, to break his fall, even though it knocks him out. But if he would have fell and hit that hit the ground, he would have he would have been dead. Even though they thought he was dead when they go running down to check on him and everything. And when he he does wake up and he's bleeding from the head, and they they tell him to take his shirt off. He wraps his head and everything then he's still bleeding through that so they tell Ruben to take his shirt off which he reluctantly wants to do and they wrap him and everything and he ends up going home um to his 
to his mother and she sees him it's like what the hell is going on like what is what is happening with you i don't even know these people that you hang out with and everything like that so like she can't understand why he is you know why he's you know acting the way he's acting all of a sudden he's he's not being around he's coming home late and everything because he's hanging with people that I guess he generally connects with opposed to his family who he can't even be around too much because either he's getting beat up or neglected by his mother. So he's found, you know, acceptance outside the home, which in a lot of cases that does happen, um, you know, in real life and everything. So. Um, while, you know, while they're out and everything they're while the group is out and they pretty much eaten, um, uh, Ian bumps into, well, I should say fuck shit bumps into Ian on the street and Stevie watches the whole thing go down and he actually sees where fuck shit actually punks his brother. And it's like, that's where the facade of Ian is brought down because, you know, he looked at Ian, you know, as this, you know, like this, this giant in his life. But to see him brought down by someone in front of him and everything, it kind of breaks that facade and that whole like, oh, my brother really ain't shit and everything. And if pushed come to shove, like he'll back down. He's not as tough as he likes to be with me. And that's what that and Ian even sees Stevie watching, but he doesn't say anything. He just, you know, leaves. But when they're home alone and playing a video game. Ian brings it up and he tells him like, yeah, I could have, you know, I could have fucked that kid up, but I didn't want to do it. And he's like, you think you cool? You're not cool. It's like, he's really trying to bring Ian. uh, Ian is trying to bring Stevie down and basically get that control back over him that he once had. And I think Ian saw that in that moment, he lost whatever, you know, that dominance that he had over Stevie by getting punked in front of him. So, um, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of interesting. Like they had that play out. It would be interesting if like they would have gotten to the fight and everything to see exactly who would have won. Even though I think Ian would have got the hell beat out of him because he did seem like a punk anyway. But um, the guys they end up going to a, a house party with these girls, and we're seeing like Stevie's fitting in with the group, you know, and everything. He's you know he's actually been accepted by the guys and hanging around the girls and everything. You know, he's hanging out with them and and everything. And Ruben, who who thought he was a part of the group, is now starting to feel a little bit neglected because of how popular and that and that Stevie is is like surpassing him in the group and even in their in their team community and everything like he's being. He's basically being dumped down. He's being put on the bench, basically. And and Stevie has been put like in the starting rotation. Right. So. Um, while Stevie, you know, he's fitting in and he's, he starts talking with uh, Esty, who's played by Alexa Demi, and they actually hook up. And the fact that she's a lot older than he is, not only in real life, but even character wise, like she's a lot, she's supposed to be a lot older than what he is. And he, she hooks up with him. She actually initiates, initiate the whole thing. And again, the guys, they are happy for him. And 
and everything because they giving him high fives, they hugging him and everything. Ruben is like just hating because it's like, well, but it's like if, if you wanted to do it, you could have easily been doing it, any of this. Um, even I forgot to mention too, after after Stevie almost died, Ray actually gives uh Stevie a brand new board for free, which infuriates Ruben, who was saving up money to buy a board. But it's like the stuff that Stevie's doing is like it catches their attention. It's showing like, okay, yeah, he's actually one of us. Ruben, you just you just hanging you just hanging around, but Stevie is actually becoming one of them. And I think I don't think Ruben actually fully realizes that um that is what was happening. But that's how it came across to me, at least, from watching it. So um after basically having the best night of his life, because like I say he hooks up with an older girl and everything, he he got a new board. It's like he just on cloud nine. So he goes home late as hell. Ian Ian sees him. It's like, what are you doing? You're fucking up and everything. He starts like, cause he's so high and he's drunk. And he basically tells Ian, like, you don't have any friends. Like you ain't shit and everything. And he says like, I hate you. And then he takes off a run and he gets, and so Ian ends up chasing him down and he actually started like punching him in the face, which he never did. He never punched him in the face. Cause even earlier when uh, the mother even confronts them about the whole, about the stealing the money from her drawer and Stevie doesn't, he doesn't uh, go along with Ian about, they both took the money. So later that night, Ian actually came in the room, punches him in the stomach a few times and everything. And, and he's just like, ah, because he tells him to shut up. So he starts screaming and like into his pillow, into his sheet and everything like that. But he, he just takes it and everything. And then after the whole fight with him and um him and his brother, this time, like I say, we punch him in the face and everything. It just like it's something in him kind of snaps because of the fact that and it's not made any better, I should say, because of the fact that uh, the mother, she ends up taking stevie to the uh skate shop where the kids are and she actually tells them to stay away from her son and everything and it's like it royally embarrasses him and he actually spazzes out on her when they get back into the car and it's like she can't understand like what is happening with her son and everything and that's where we kind of see him do the whole auto fixation thing and everything it's like He's like basically spiraling out of control and she doesn't understand why, but it's like, you're not taking the time to actually, you know, deal with your, your son. You're not spending any time with him. Oh, okay. Well, we have a blockbuster night. All right, fine. But what about the rest of the time? What are you doing with him besides that? And he's not getting any, you know, guidance from his older brother who, who knows what the hell Ian is even into. We don't even know what Ian is doing but like Steve said he doesn't have any friends he just kind of mopes around and he think he he think he's cool but he's not really cool because he doesn't doesn't have any friends he doesn't do anything he just beats up Stevie and just kind of in his own delusional world basically so after the whole spazzing out on the family thing Ray actually comes to Stevie who and one thing about Ray is that we realize like 
No, he's actually more the level-headed one of the group. He actually wants a future, but probably one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when Ray goes to Stevie and gives him some real talk, real advice, and like lets him know, like, look, you think you're going through through something, but all of us got some shit going on. And would you really want to trade the issues that you have for what we got going on? And Ray kind of lets him know, like, like fuck shit is basically a rich kid who wants to just be in this, you know, skateboard life. He could easily do anything that he wants, but he just doing this and he doesn't have any real direction on what he really wants to do with his life. Then you have fourth grade who he said, who Ray says is extremely poor that he can't, he can barely afford socks. Like the kid is like, he's, he's borderline homeless is basically what he's saying and everything. And then Ruben, his mother is a drug addict that abuses him and his little sister. And then in Ray's case, Ray has been dealing with the fact that his little brother who idolized him and which Ray and his little brother is the polar opposite of Ian and Stevie, where Ray's little brother like looked up to him. They did stuff together. And one day when the little brother was trying to cross the street to go to something, I forgot exactly what it was, but he was trying to go to something. He gets hit and killed by a car. So he's dealing he's been dealing with the loss of his little brother because him and his little brother were close so it's basically almost like when his little brother died a piece of him died and even though but fuck shit helped get him out of that slumber and get him back into skating and that's kind of the reason why he wants to go on and do something great with skating because that was something him and his brother had together so it's like basically everybody's kind of screwed up and it's like, so that even makes him more a part of the group because he has trauma. Also, all of the group, all the members in the group have some type of trauma that they're dealing with. And we get to see where fuck shit really starts to spiral out of control. And because they're at a, a skate park and there's some pros there and Ray is basically, you know, chopping it up with them, trying to, you know, trying to see if he can kind of, you know, what is it that he needs to do to help further himself to get to where they are so he can be able to, you know, make money, probably get out of the neighborhood that he lives in and everything like that. And fuck shit, apparently he doesn't like that Ray is trying to do better. So like most people that, are quote unquote your friends. He basically almost kind of, he kind of fucks it up in a way. And he, you see like, this is where the rift between the two of them actually starts to form. And then also to Stevie and Ruben finally break down and have a, have a damn fight in front of everybody. And everybody's kind of like screwed up right now, but for whatever reason, fuck shit wants to take everybody to a party he's drunk as hell because he been him and stevie have been drinking this whole time like the whole time that they got they just showed him like drinking out of this damn 40 and there's also a scene where it shows where stevie is 
in the bathroom basically chugging his 40. He damn near drinks the whole entire bottle. And it's like, he first of all, he's too young to be drinking. He's too small. So that alcohol intake is really screwing him up anyway. So fuck shit, like I said, has been drinking and everything. He He's drunk and high as hell and everything. And he's telling everybody, look, man, there's another party. We should go to this party, get with some bitches and this, that, and the third. And at first, Ray is like, no, nah, we ain't doing that. Like, look, everybody's fucked up. Everybody's not having a good time. We not going to no party. Like, everybody just need to go home. But for whatever reason, Ray kind of, he kind of lets it slide. And then he's like, all right, everybody, let's just get in the car and let's go. So they driving. And when they get in the car, fuck shit tells Stevie to, to ride shotgun and everything. So they ride and everything. And fuck shit, you can tell like, he he really messed up. And he ends, they don't show it, but you know he loses control of the truck and he actually flips it. Everybody seems to be all right for the most part, except for Stevie, who who basically is, is laid out. At first, at first, I thought he was dead, but they end up showing like, no, nah, he didn't die because he actually got him to the hospital and they resuscitated him and everything. And when he wakes up, uh, Ian is actually sitting there at his bedside and like you can tell like Ian is kind of like worried like legit worried about his brother and this is it almost feels like this is what brings them closer and, and there's no dialogue between the two but so much it's, there's no dialogue but you get the sense of like okay this is probably what brings them closer together you know because of the fact that Stevie almost died and the fact that Ian told Stevie like things were a lot better before you before you came around you know their mother was a lot different before he came along and everything like that so in this scene it kind of shows without really telling like ian actually did care about his brother um and the mother when she gets to the she gets there and she sees like all of his friends are there like all the kids that she told to stay away from him are legit they're worried and concerned they slept there the whole night in the lobby waiting on you know to find out exactly what is going on with stevie so she goes over and she actually wakes up ray and tells him like hey you know y'all can go see him if you would like it's like she accepts and allows them you know to be a part you know every, it's like everyone comes together in this almost near tragic you know experience and everything so they all go into the room and they see where, you know, Stevie, he wakes up, he's awake and everything and sees where Ray pretty much, I mean, not Ray, but uh, Stevie arm was broken and they don't show like what the chart looked like, but you know, it's pretty damn bad because his arm is in a cast and yeah, he's all screwed up basically. And while they're sitting there, it's like nobody really like really apologizes for anything, but it's like, it's unspoken like, okay, through all of this this mess that we've been through these last few few months and everything, it took something like this to happen to kind of, okay, now we need to stop with our bullshit and everybody just need to be cool and everything. So while they're sitting there, uh, fourth grade, he he comes out with the um, video camera because he's been recording them like the whole time that we see him. He's just been recording. He doesn't talk a lot throughout the movie. He's just been recording and he's like, hey, y'all want to see something? So they all turn around and he plug his uh, camera into the uh, TV. And basically we get this 
short film of like all the fun times that they were having throughout the course of what we see of the movie. And that's how the movie ends. And I must admit, I, I kind of don't like the fact that the movie ends that way. Um, I kind of wish it would have ended with more, I don't know, like at least a little bit more dialogue of like everyone just kind of accepting where they're you not know, where they are in their life and everything. Like, cause they do, they go through a lot. Like where we see them at the beginning of the movie, by the time we get to the end of the movie, you know, these characters have gone through quite a bit um, and everything, but it would have been kind of, I feel like a little bit better if it was said instead of just kind of shown in this montage, you know, video of what fourth grade had been putting together. Cause he wanted to be, he wants to be a filmmaker and that footage that he puts together the way it is. I mean, like, yeah, he could, he could have been a, he could become a filmmaker and everything. And it's like, hell, this little movie that he he did could have been the thing. Could be it could be the catalyst that could get Ray and fuck shit noticed. Um, and it's kind of interesting too the fact that fuck shit you you never know what his real name is. Matter of fact, you never know what fourth grade real name is. Um, but fuck shit is the one who's basically the rich kid. He's the privileged kid. He's the one that has a two parent household. But for whatever reason, it's like he is. It's like he wants to shun the fact that he's a little bit more privileged than everybody, but he'll throw it in their face that he's more privileged than everybody. And it's just an interesting, it's kind of something that's kind of been going on like with rich kids who want that street, who want to be a part of the street life, even though they were not raised like that. Um, And I think we all know, well, or at least we all knew some fuck shits in, in our, in our lives. If you believe if go with that and i thought it was interesting that that's the character name and everything but um but yeah that's um that's uh mid 90s um like i say the first time watching uh i might watch it again uh just 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 to watch it again to see if i notice anything a little bit different um you know especially after a first time viewing stuff like that it's always good to go back and watch a movie again just to Maybe catch some things that you didn't catch the first time, right? Um, so yeah, like I said, and like I said, that's just how I feel about how the movie ends. Um, I don't know if anyone, if you watch the movie, how you might feel about how the movie ends. Um, if I had to rate the movie out of five skateboards, I would give it a three out of five. I thought I thought Jonah did a pretty good job with the directing. Um. I mean, the writing, it is what it is, but I mean, it's his first movie, so not going to give him too much slack. And it's one more than what I've done, so definitely not going to give him no slack for that. But um, just as a viewer, I do feel like there could have been some stuff that could have been a little bit better um, and everything. But thoroughly, I did enjoy the movie. It's, it's good to get a coming-of-age movie um, that is that feels a little bit more realistic. Um, which we don't really get too many movies like that anymore. Um, if I had to pick a favorite character, I probably would go with Ray because Ray was the more level-headed of probably anybody in the movie. Um, you never see him really make any truly bad decisions, except for that last one of like, all right, yeah, everybody, let's just get in the truck and let's go. Um, I think he should have, maybe stopped everybody from getting in the truck and maybe when they had the accident 
um, and everything. But for the most part, he is the most level-headed of everybody in the movie, even including uh, Catherine Waterston character of the of Dabney, who is uh, Stevie and Ian's mother. Uh, but Ray felt like the most level-headed of everybody. He's the one who gives the most sound advice to people and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, pretty much for this episode. Uh, it's a little short episode, but, um, the movie, it kind of, it, it goes by real fast and is, I mean, we, you spend a lot of time hanging out with the kids, so it's not like there's a lot, a lot to talk about with the movie, but it is a movie that I kind of wanted to do for a while. So, um, I'm actually pretty glad I actually got a chance to do it, um, and talk about it a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it um i want to thank everybody for listening to this episode um of course if you want to follow me you can follow me on the twitter x machine whatever you want to call it right uh you can either follow me at the movie page uh j movie talk or you can follow my personal page uh the j giles and that's the same on instagram as well for both the uh, movie talk instagram is jmt podcast and personal twitter uh personal Instagram is uh, the J Giles as well over there. Also, um, of course, you can find all of the movie talk episodes a part of the TV Zone podcast network. Pretty much wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find. You just type in TV Zone podcast network, and you'll find us like that. Um, whether you listen to Apple or Good Pods, um, wherever you listen to us, like I say, um, you know, just definitely check us out and stuff like that. Um, I will be back for episode 302 where I will be doing the movie Risky Business. Um, that's another movie that I've been wanting to do for a while. And I'm, I'm actually, it's kind of surprising it took me to this point to actually finally do it. So, yeah, that'll be the next episode because I have a lot of thoughts about that movie. And it's been a minute since I've actually sat and watched it from beginning to end. So, yeah, that'll be the movie that I'll be doing for episode 302. Uh, thanks again for listening, and I will check you next time. Peace.